How can you not listen to a guy named Deuce? You gotta listen. Hi there, I'm Tracy, and this is the Essential Stepmom Podcast, your source of unconventional advice and inspiration for the womanly art of raising someone else's kids. Is it really an art? You bet. Nobody pops out of the womb with an instinct for step-parenting. It's something you practice and get better at, like anything else. And if you found this podcast, it means you're smart enough to look for someone who's been practicing the moves for a long time to stand in your corner and coach you through it. I'll share my wins, my missteps, and my analysis of what worked for my family over the last 14 years and why it could work for you too. If you like this stuff, don't forget to subscribe. And you can get more of me at EssentialStepmom.com. As you'll hear me tell during this interview, I stumbled onto Deuce Almighty on a forum about divorced father's rights. He's not exactly a divorced father. In fact, he's a guy who deliberately arranged his life to not become a father at all. And now that he is one, he's just rocking it. He's written a book called Man Up. Well, it's actually called Man the F Up which I've read and I loved. And now that he's a dad, he's going to add a whole new section about fatherhood. And I think it's going to change a lot of guys' lives for the better. Deuce is definitely a breed apart from the dads I've had on the show until now. But he's a self-described old soul. And I can tell you, I already feel like I've known him forever. That's enough from me now. Here he is. Hey, Deuce, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks for having me. Um, you have like one of the most interesting stories I've ever heard. You're just you're just an interesting guy, but you're having an interesting life too. <laughs> um, you teach communications Co- at college. Correct. Yep. I'm uh yeah. five years I've been teaching. Um I've taught at four different colleges. That, that's very cool. How did you how did you get into communications as a field of study? What made you want to go there? Um, so my undergrad was in business, business, uh, business. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I think it was business administration. And I've always yeah. been somebody who was I mean, can I give a long response? Or this is short. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, go for it. <laughs> OK, so I've always been interested in the dynamics that uh, mentally involved in you know, the process of selling and marketing and things of that nature, uh, how yeah. people move and uh, stuff like that. So uh, I got the degree in business undergrad. Um, life happened differently than I anticipated. And so when I ended up going back to school, I wanted something to compound on my undergrad degree. And so mm-hmm. the uh, communications program was an organizational communications program. So it was very oriented to the business side of communication versus the undergrad program was like radio and TV. That wasn't my interest. So I got into the, uh, you know, the graduate program and I was just, I mean, off the first day I took a calm theory and just extremely, uh, it was mouthwatering to me. I really liked just the idea of what, you know, critical theory as far as communication is 
And then that class really made me fall in love with it. The idea of researching, understanding the world dynamics from a communication point, understanding just how how integral th the theories of communication are to how we operate in life. And so I consider myself as a um, uh, social engineer. So a lot of this yeah. stuff is basically, you know, social engineering. And that is what has always been a very keen interest of mine. And, um, you know, when you, you add that into like media influences, uh, interpersonal relationships, which is one, you know, my specialty was interpersonal uh, communication, whether it's in, in, internal, so that would be intra, and then externally yeah. would be I N T E R. So uh, yeah. those were the things that I really, really keyed in on just the dynamics of how we operate as individuals, how we operate in society, and how we talk to ourselves. Um, as far as, you know, teaching, I really, matter of fact, you know, and, and this might be even more strange, I never actually applied to teach. So what happened was I had been, you know, my experience, I had been doing training and stuff at a previous job I had for a couple years. Uh, when I got into the grad program, I, uh, in one of my later classes, I guess I just kind of took a lead on a group project that we were doing. And the instructor for that class happened to be the department chair. And during okay. the summers as a grad assistant, I would run a program for the summer for the students in the summertime as a, uh, as getting them immersed into the college realm and the pro and the uh, class or whatever that I was facilitating was about um, them <laughs> understanding research. So okay. teaching them research skills uh, from a, you know academic standpoint, uh, all that combined with me having this class and the, and the dean, uh, the department chair was the uh, pro uh, professor. He asked me if I would be interested in taking the adjunct class that following year once I graduated. I said, you know, I'd give it a shot. I said, you sure? Because I don't, you know, <laughs> I was like, hey, man, I don't know. I don't want to mess up people's lives. <laughs> Uh, but I, I took the <laughs> opportunity. Um, that one class was pretty, pretty uh, interesting. It was fun. You know, it wasn't anything I wasn't used to just by virtue of having had so much experience in the classrooms and, and, and educating, facilitating knowledge. Um, prior to working as a trainer, I was teaching. Uh, uh, I was a substitute in a local college. Uh, I'm sorry, in a local uh, county uh, school system. And things of that nature. So I've always been enveloped in the educational aspect. Um, but once I took that one class and it was fun, I said, yeah, I'll be willing to do this again. So I ended up getting, you know, signed contract and everything. And that's that was my career in the, the that's how my career started in the classroom. Um, five years Very and cool. four colleges later, <laughs> it, it amounts to that. And, wow. and, and I earned an award just uh, in February for outstanding professor, um, an outstanding professor award for my pedagogical practice and student impact, which I'm definitely excited about, man, because it lets me know that what I was doing was working and students were definitely not just receptive, but taking it and running with the stuff that I was giving them. That is so cool. I, I think that's really great. And somehow, like, I guess, I don't know if it's because you communicate so clearly, but when I ran into your post on a Facebook group, I guess it was like a, 
divorced dads group or something like that. Um, or, you know, uh, rights, father's rights or something where I was looking. And um, you wrote about uh, giving a little workshop about how you had gotten yourself out of the family court system right. and off of court mandated support payments. And I thought, well, I got to hear this guy talk. And then I just loved what you had to say. So <laughs> we're, we're so on the same page about that. I just, I think it's really cool. Well, um, yeah, I appreciate so you have a pretty, that. I was going to say you have a pretty interesting story about uh, fatherhood. <laughs> Uh, I, I would say <laughs> I oh, would that agree. Kinda snuck, that kind of snuck up on you. <laughs> um, start. Yeah. So start with your uh, start with the motorcycle accident. Yeah. So um, I had I had I, I, I'm an at well I'm gonna say I enjoy riding motors. I don't want to say avid. That may be too strong a word, but I enjoy riding motorcycles. Um, I had bought matter of fact I had bought the motorcycle. Uh, as my graduation gift to myself. So I, I was mm. riding uh, the motorcycle, leaving out of D.C., going home, not doing anything reckless. You know, the recklessness was over with for the day. So, so I was just trying to get home <laughs> and go to work. <laughs> and uh, I got off of one exit and I got ran into by this guy or this per well, this person. I, it was a guy, but uh I got ran into this dude just turned on a on a I think his I don't even think his light was green and he just made a left mm -hmm. turn across the road. I tried to veer out the way. I couldn't. I hit the front of his car. Uh I did at least one flip cuz I know that and thank the oh. Lord for having a good uh equipment so all of those um <laughs> all of those riders yeah. you know gear up man it definitely is is, yeah. is worth it. Uh, but even with that, I still sustained some injuries that put me in the hospital. And I was uh, I had I think it was three surgeries and oh, wow. I was unable to walk for a couple months. Um, and during that time, that was when I got uh, introduced to the family court system <laughs> by virtue of <laughs> by, by virtue of having a. Uh, a, a a sheriff actually came. So what happened was the sheriff actually had went to my <laughs> house and left a, a a note or something like that. And so uh, my parents was going over there every so often to pick up the mail. They picked that up. I had to call this thing. So I'm thinking that the sheriff was leaving a note. I thought it was in relation to the accident or something, because like I said, I got picked up by the ambulance. So I never even was able to have a conversation with a police officer about it or whatever. So I thought it was about yeah. the accident. So I called, left a message, and they called me back, you know, and then they said, yeah, where you at? We got some uh, paperwork to give you. Again, thinking it was the accident. I'm like, yeah, I'm here yeah. in this rehab center. Uh, and so when he came, I saw the paper said uh, something, something county family court or family court division or whatever. And I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> so I opened it up and uh it is a the the uh court order, you know, the parents or whatever. I don't know what the technical term is called, but the paperwork yeah. to tell you to come to court. Uh and it was for uh, for, uh child support. And, and as far as you know at this moment, you don't have a child as far as you no, know. No, I knew I had a child. The issue oh, was okay. that I was I was uh under a different impression with the child's mother. So okay. I hadn't talked to her in a while. Um, 
and I, I get into it. I never wanted children. I can, I can, you know, if, if somebody wants to ask me why, I can definitely explain that. I never wanted any children. Uh, this particular woman actually told me that she didn't either, but then ended up deciding to have the child. But she's got older kids. Like, you knew right. her kids were a lot right. older, right? Right. And so that was why I was like, well, you know, I'm thinking that this would have been a safe person to be with because she, <laughs> she's already had that experience. You know, it's not like yeah. uh, if it was her first child, that would be something no. different. But she had already no. had children. Um, and they were, and, they were and they older were teenagers. Older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, why do you want to have an infant again, um, you know, here there? So that was that whole conversation. And um, so I hadn't heard from her in probably a year or so. And then I got that paperwork with her name on it. And I didn't even have her number. So I, I had to uh, find an email that she had sent me and reached out to her. And, I, you know, I kind of, I, I think, you know, I'm not the best wordsmith in the world, but I think I kind of pulled on the heartstring and I was like, hey, man, you know, we need to talk. I'm really messed up in the in the hospital, blase. So now we can talk about it and laugh. But she told me that the only reason she came up to the rehab center was to see if I was lying about the, <laughs> the accident. <laughs> and she said... And she said, when I came in the first, you know, she was like, well, when I came in there the first day and I saw you laid up, she was like, I said, oh, snap, you're messed up. (laughs) (laughs) So I had, uh, you know, because like I said, I couldn't walk and I had a, a, um, my wrist had broke, had a broken wrist. It wasn't a bad and broke break, but the doctor said if it's a fracture, they call it a break. So it was a broken wrist. But instead of just giving me a wrist guard, they gave me the whole cast on my arm. Yeah. So I looked like a, you know, a, like I yeah. was just lame and, and dismembered. Yeah. <laughs> so to her, when she comes in, I got basically, you know, I have, I am literally have one free arm in yeah. my head. So she was like, yeah, that's really bad. <laughs> um, but it, it doesn't, it, it, it you know, it, that didn't make it easy. You know, I was still very very upset and i was even more upset because she in my opinion reneged on a conversation we had had way long time ago and um so then came the the court action you know it was a lot of arguing and fighting about all of that um when i yeah i'm here yeah can you hear me okay when i was able to like when i got out of the physical rehab center i wasn't like up and running you know i was i was down for two months and then it still took me quite a few months to get back to even walking you know regularly like without limping and stuff so i wasn't a hundred percent i was barely you know and and at this time when i was in the accident i wasn't working uh unfortunately because the guy that hit me he didn't have any insurance oh so my insurance was waiting for the final bill before they could do any payouts yeah. So I wasn't a I wasn't having I didn't have any money at all. Like when I came home, I didn't have any money. Um yeah. I and so I ended up losing my home uh when I got back home because I wasn't working and 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 the and the yes. uh the place I was working at, they weren't trying to so so what happened was I was trying to see if they're gonna bring me back to work because I'm like, well look, man, the work that I'm doing, I could be doing virtually and now after covid everything is pretty much done remotely so 
they really could have just brought me back. But they, they were like, well, we don't know, blah, blah, blah. I said, all right, well, I can't keep waiting. So I tried to file for unemployment. Unemployment was like, well, they denying it because they don't know if you can come back to work or not. It was a long fight for unemployment. That took until late November when I got that resolved. But by that time, I had already lost my house. So that oh. was gone. Um, and um, so what? as far as with my child, with my child, I had gone through, you know, the, 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 because I wasn't there for a birth. So I had, I didn't sign any, uh, the birth certificate. Um, and that's something I don't recommend any man do unless they have a DNA test. That's just to be safe because once you're in that, once you're, once your name is on that birth certificate and you end up, uh, fi- uh fiscally responsible for that child, even if it ends up not being yours. So I just say, just do the DNA test. Um, I have, you know, I help men have that conversation with their, with their women about that. Um, but you don't want to be caught up in something that's not your, you know, it's just, that's just people. It's just the nature of people. So anyway, so we had the DNA test and then I was ordered to, to, to do the child payment, child support payments. But, um, what ended up happening and I think COVID definitely had a lot to do with that. Um, I had ended up having to go pick my daughter up a lot from the daycare center. Uh, which is about an hour away from me, or hour and a half, one direction. Yeah. Um, but this is what I tell guys: wow. sometimes you got to just suck certain things up and make that sacrifice for the betterment of the the stability of the uh, relationship. Even if it's not a, you know, I'm not with my daughter's mother, but to alleviate a lot of the confrontation and bickering, I just said, let me just do this. It also helped me enhance my bond with my wow. daughter, who I had not been around the first almost the first year of her life. So, yeah, um, I said, let me just do that now. You know, um, and but during that time, I was also um, I had to reframe my mindset about the situation. I, like, like I tell people, I was definitely not I was not a happy camper, <laughs> to say the least, about yeah. any of this, you know. <laughs> And I can speak from a different perspective now, so it sounds a lot calmer than it was when it was in the moment. And for a lot of those guys who might end up listening to this, it's the same thing. But I had to make a change. If I wanted a change to happen, I had to start changing something. And so what I started to change was my communication towards my child's mother. I also stopped um, making nitpicky arguments, you know. Um, that my daughter yeah. is a child, you know, is a little kid. It is not a big deal if her socks do not match, as long as she's got two socks on her feet, you know. <laughs> um, yeah. her hair, it, you know, my it, if she comes outside with a ponytail, so be it. It's 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 hair. The, the girl is a little kid. She's going to run around and play yeah. and get it, you know, messed up in any way. So I did not. You know, I stopped having those type of arguments, those concerns. And I also have been actually, matter of fact, since I've been home, I have been the only person taking my daughter to her doctor's appointments and dentist appointments and stuff. So I was also able to build my relation, you know, build a relationship with the people at her, uh, you know, her pediatric care and all of that. So they know me. Yeah. Um, and, so yeah. I I'm so curious to know something like what? this must have been a total head trip for you. Like you were just a guy who never had any intention of having kids. And all of a sudden you're like being 
a caregiver of a t- of an infant. She's like not even walking yet. She's wearing diapers. Like how what was that like for you? Um it was and you know it's it's funny because I wasn't like I said the relationship with my child mother was very volatile and I said, well the only way that I can have my daughter is if I learn how to just do this shit. So <laughs> <laughs> So that I don't need to be involved, you know, I don't have to have her around me. So that's what I learned to change some diapers. I looked at some YouTube video, figured that out. <laughs> now, again, I had her when she was almost one. Her birthday's in August, and I got home okay. in August, uh, late August. So she was just at that one-year-old stage when she really started to yeah. interact with me. So she, at that time, she was walking not not talking but trying to mumble okay. some words so she wasn't uh, so yeah, okay. infantile you know um she wasn't i didn't have to worry about baby uh uh bottles yeah. and none of that garbage so i just was like okay as long as she can eat you know relatively solid food and i just have to change her you know every you know every so often you know check her diaper or whatever i can do this you know putting her clothes on and stuff she was kind of familiar with that it wasn't that hard. You know, the biggest adjustment was the stupid car seat. Uh. But once I figured out how to, you know, how to do the car seat, then that was, you know, that was that. Um, but really, it was just, and, and I mean, I don't want to put it like this, but it really just being a man and just taking responsibility for the whole situation. I said, well, I have this child. She's not going to be sitting around me stinky. I can't do yeah. that. You know, that's not fair to her. So I'm going to have to learn how to change diapers. I got some diapers and the wet, the wet naps and <laughs> stuff like that. And I just did it. <clears throat> you know, you. you go to Walmart and get some little sippy cups yeah. and, you know, just half water, half juice if it's too, you know, too much sugar. But, you know, I think the other thing is I have always, like I said, man, I, my, my background has been working with so many people, kids, adults, young adults, little kids. And so even though I didn't want any children, it wasn't like I didn't know what to do uh-huh. with them. And I think that's the big role that I, I really need men to understand is that our role is to really where women are generally geared towards nurturing and naturing. It's not because men can't do it. It's just because um, when you look at historic, you know, the historic historically men were out working most of the time. And so they only really saw their kids, you know, four or five hours a day, then they go to sleep and then they wake back up and they do it again. I was in a position where, you know, like I said, I was, well, I wasn't, I wasn't working. um, And then the COVID hit. So everybody was at home. So it was a lot of time for me to be available for my daughter, even if I'm working. And then, and then it got to the point where I didn't care if other people heard, Oh, you got a kid in the back? Yeah, I got a kid. It's my child. So what? So work is still going to happen. You know, life will still go on. Nobody's going to die because they hear your child in the background. Yeah. Uh, but I think the difference is that men, um, we still have the ability to be that. We have to just want to do it and be loving like that. But we, what I notice is I seem to be, she, my daughter enjoys my company probably because I enforce boundaries, but also allow her to do things um, and let her learn on her own experiences. You know, like last night or a couple nights ago, we was playing with flashlights at night. I, I, it was It's fun, but I want her to understand what happens at night and how to use a flashlight. And yeah. She's only two, but she's picking it up. She's learning how to find things in the dark without being able to be, you know, she's not tall enough to reach a light. 
So she needs to go into a room at night uh-huh. and she can pick uh-huh. up her flashlight and actually find whatever she's looking for. These are the type of things that I think men do because we don't nature and nurture the same way women do, true, but we do things based on how we have to experience life. And a lot of a man's experiences in life is trial uh-huh. and error. Not to say that that's not for women, but just for men, it's a lot of trial and error. So we know when something is too uh, too much, but we also know that the way we operate, we know that, hey, you know, the child can do this and can do that. She's sitting around campfires with me, you know, and she's two. And, and I, we had a little campfire for the Halloween yeah. thing. What was that, yesterday or Saturday? And there was other, you know, the people there and the women were like, don't get too close to the fire. I was like, mm-hmm. let her go. She's fine. She, We've already done this a, a, a couple of times. So she's she's fine. You know, she can't just be playing around the fire, but to walk across in front of it. When we were doing the marshmallows and the, and the s'mores and stuff. Uh-huh. She was holding the little stick with the marshmallows and twirling yeah. it. Obviously, I was there with her, but, you know. Like she's she's she has to learn, but she's you know I just don't you know you don't want her to get hurt, but you just yeah, you also have the some teachers and stuff. So just reinforcing that fire is right. Yeah. Fire is a thing. It, it it can be a detriment to you if you're immersed in it, but from a distance, fire is fun. It's good. You can warm your hands up. You can you know heat up the marshmallow. So that was that was my experience new. You know, being a new father was just like I just had yeah, to do. Very that, cool. You, know? <laughs> um, you you sent me your book that you've kind of you said you'd taken it off the market because you want to make uh, some edits. You want to make a new edition, but I'm really really enjoying it. Right? Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you are. It's a, um, you know, just to give a little thought about the book, man, it is a book that I've given a lot of um, what I consider good I agree. advice for men. And it's not just for men, but it is for men. Like, I, 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 the, the aim of it is for men. So I don't want the women who pick up my book to be um, yeah. turned off by the wording. Uh, but it's just like I spoke very candidly uh, from the perspective of yeah. a man talking to other men about a lot of the stuff, life, relationships, how to operate. But it's, I, I wanted it to be more of a, a framework of mentality versus just yeah. how to do something, you know? Um, understanding that, yes, I, I can teach you how to tie a tie, but I can also show you when it's most appropriate to have a tie. And if you don't have a tie, what you can do instead. And so I want to operate that framework of the mentality of how to operate, um, you know, because, you know, there's a, I've worked with the students. Some of them didn't have fathers growing up. And I know we like to talk about father figures. But, you know, in my opinion, a, a high school basketball coach is not going to be the same thing as your dad. Sorry. Um, so I wanted to give advice. And this is, is, is interesting because this is actually I started started the idea of this book before anything happened with the father you know being the father so that's why i said i pulled it down because i want to uh enhance it and then also talk about fatherhood stuff now which is a new dynamic but i mean from what i see i think i'm i I think i caught on to it very quickly to the point where my, my my child mother even told me my daughter asked for me yeah. when she's around her. 
<laughs> she'll be like, where's daddy? Where's daddy? So it's like she enjoys my time just the same as she enjoys it with her mom. And that, and that's another thing I want to tell, the, you know, talk to the guys about is that, you know, you take the moments to enjoy the time you have with your children um, because that's good. You know, they don't you don't want it to have it where they're very uh, uh, uncertain yeah. about spending time with you. You know, so I try to stay present with her when I have her. And because I don't have her a lot, I normally have her on the back half of the week, which is more for more than a lot of guys. But I know there's some guys who get caught up on. I want to be with my child every day. I understand that. But the reality is, and, and I don't mean to sound so crass, but as a man, sometimes you just need that break, man. Kids <laughs> are draining and you just need some days away. And I'm telling you, these three or four days that I have without her, that's when I can get a lot of stuff done so that when I do have her, I know a lot of attention has to be put on her. And that's another thing that really helped me as a father is the knowing that it's not a f- infinite amount of time and energy but I can still make things happen, you know, get, get my business going, writing books, doing research, whatever the case in my own time. And then when I have her, that's when I kind of shut off the external activities and I'm just with my daughter. So it, it, it's a it's a uh, uh, I think it's a win win for me. It's a win win for my child mother because she doesn't have to have her all the time. Um, and you know, when she got the load off, she can just do her thing. I'm not calling her, asking her how to do this and do that. I just know, I just, you know, figured it out, man. And I think that's a lot of what I say in the book is just learning how to figure things out, being a good critical thinker, a strong critical thinker. If you don't have the answer, learning and finding ways to find the answer, um, and then making sound decisions. I think that's a big part of that. And that I say, absolutely. And one of the things that I really connect with you about in your, your overall message is the idea, the idea of, of, of men and leadership of fatherhood and leadership. Right. Um, so say right. a little bit about that. Cause I, I, I like how you, I like how you express yourself about that. I totally agree that, parenting is leadership it just is right um so that that's one thing i hold paramount a man should be the leader of uh whatever relationships that he's in um and by leader doesn't mean you always have to be authoritarian but it just means that you hold yourself to an esteem that you know uh, you can and possibly will influence those around you so in the book, I think I brought up locus of control yeah. and locus of control was the idea of the things that are in your realm, which you can control versus the things that are not in your realm, which you can, when you, which you cannot yeah. control. So for example, I may not be able to control, um, you know, the flow of traffic every day. However, I can control the time that I leave out of my house so that the flow of traffic doesn't impede me. Yeah, you see of what course. I'm saying. So, those are some of the things that I, when I speak about leadership, it's just a lo- understanding your locus of control, and then being able to take control or influence the things that you have influence or control over. So, a lot of the book is talking about locus of control being first and foremost yourself. 
So we talk about your uh, emotional uh, control, your 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 uh, physical control, your mental control, the things that you're telling yourself. When you start telling yourself positive things, then you can focus on that type of uh, stuff that you're talking about, positive things, looking on the bright side, things of that nature. If you're consistently telling yourself negative things, this isn't going to change, I can't do this, or this ain't going to get better, then that's what you inadvertently are sending to the universe, and the universe is going to push it right back to you. I agree. Um, even even with my situation, like I said, I was upset in, in, in what what. In the time, it seemed like a long time, but now hindsight, a year or so from uh, from from the experience, it was a very short moment. And the short moment was short because I changed the mindset that I had about it and said, well, you know what? I need to do this. This is what I have to do. And I'm not. Uh, I have. A, and another thing, you had to drop a lot of the, the negative stuff from the past. And I know it's hard. It happened with me. You know, I didn't have therapy or anything like that. There are some guys who may need therapy, some who don't. Uh, but the reality is a lot of the stuff that we came up growing up with and, and, and it could be violence, whether it's physical or verbal abuse and things of that nature. At some point, if you're still here and you're still alive, you're still breathing, you have to say, you know what, that stuff is what I came from, but it does not have to continue to, to operate in my life. And you have to get out of that so that you can, you know, start to become your best version of yourself, which I think is something I talked about in the book. Yeah. Being yourself, but being the best version of yourself. And so when you're the best version of yourself, <clears throat> you tend to influence your locus of control a lot more. And that's what makes you become a leader, whether you, you know, are doing this uh intentionally or not yeah um but people see me you know i like i said man i've always people have said i've happy father's day to me when i was in like 21 i'm like <laughs> i don't have no kids man but it wasn't really that it was just the way that i carried myself and the fact that i had been you know even at that young age working with kids and trying to help uh you know help them get to a higher level of whatever um now, as a father, it doesn't mean, you know, I, I don't see the father as a title more so than my obligation to being a father. That's the most important thing. The title itself means nothing. It's my obligation to my daughter. Uh, that means the most to me. And so when people operate in that, then they become leaders. And so even if you are not with your child's mother, your obligation is still to your children. And that makes you still a leader in their life. That's but right. what happens when you get into these co-parenting situations that end up sour because the guys don't really generally. And I'm, I'm just speaking in general from what I have read in these uh, Facebook groups and stuff that I'm in because the men don't understand certain things. So one of the things they may not understand is why the relationship went sour in the first place. Mm -hmm. They a lot of times these guys are just like, oh, man. One day I woke up and she's like, I don't I can't do this anymore. But what they rarely see is the months and months of perpetual bickering and arguing that led up to that. Yeah, I don't think that arguing in relationships is healthy. I think having disagreements that you can talk about. Yeah, sure. That's healthy. That's fine. But when you start having arguments about small things and then it turns into verbal abuse, but you ain't this, you ain't that and this and that. That's when it's not healthy. And that's really what's exposing a lot of relationships as, you know, what we say toxic or bad environments. 
But there are men out here who put up with that um, and for other reasons. A lot of it is because they weren't they lost their locus of control. They uh, they got comfortable. You know, I'll I just be honest. A lot of the guys get comfortable. Yeah. They get comfortable with a, with a woman. They think that she's going to be there forever and ever. Amen. Watching too many rom-coms and, and these Disney movies. And that doesn't happen. That's not the reality of life. I, I talk about innate physiology in the book. Um, but that's not the reality of life. Women want a winner. They don't want a winner who becomes not yeah. a winner. <laughs> <laughs> to be polite. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, she, she, and, and that's the thing. A lot of these guys, they go from being the aggressive, achieving, you know, I'm, I'm doing things well, I'm, I'm excelling in life to, well, I guess I could just take this day off from the gym and then that day turns into a week and that week turns into a month and next thing you know, you're not even going to the gym anymore or you're not as uh, go hard at work because you're trying to listen to what the woman is saying. Well, you don't spend enough time with me. So you start not working out, uh, not going to work as much as you were, which means you're not getting those uh, promotions and things. You're not excelling in life. Men, we got to learn how to navigate that whole realm. Yeah, and it, communication is a big part of that. It is. Yeah, communication is a big part of that. But when you're a man and you're, I think when your head's, when your head, I talked about people on the wagon. When you are doing something and achieving things, there are going to be a lot of people that jump on your wagon. As men, sometimes we don't realize that every woman in our life is not going to be the woman that we need to have forever. Um, generally speaking, it seems like men tend to be less inclined to end relationships than women are. But I have helped men to say, hey, look, man, you might, you know, tell me your, your experience and your relationship, you might be an abusive one. You need to leave. Just yeah. because she's not punching you in the face doesn't mean she's not abusing you. And if she, it could be a lot of emotional abuse to a man, too. So it's like, hey, absolutely. Man, you got to. Yeah. You, sometimes you got to get out of that stuff so you can get your mind right and get back to being, uh, you know, a confident bold um and, and happy man like my big thing is a man's happiness if a man is happy generally speaking he's not running around sour with a sour disposition he's not hurting people physically or otherwise um he he's feeling good about his life and so that permeates through other people in his life um so i, I always talk about man's happiness paramount but a part of that happiness is still the responsibility to operate within your locus of control that that's a big thing yeah say just a couple of words before we finish because i we could talk all day here but i would like you to just say a couple of words about um your experience with the family court and why you thought it was better to to sidestep that and make a an arrangement outside of the court well, my experience with the family court was very minimal. Like I said in my, well, I, I posted it, but I felt very um, dehumanized when I went there. It was like they would, it, I, like a, a bringing your prize cow to the farm to see if you get the num, you know, mm. the blue ribbon or whatever. They looked at me. I'm hobbling into the court. Yeah. <laughs> I I could hardly walk. You know, it, from the accident, right? Yeah. So I could hardly walk. And the only question them three women asked me was, are you working now? That was it. It wasn't anything about anything else. Like how, how, you know, nothing, literally. 
Um, it was probably about five or eight minutes of uh, quote unquote dialogue, and then that was it. My my uh my set my my uh fate was sealed, pending the result of the DNA test. So it was during that time that um I started to um change my mindset, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so what ended up happening was having a conversation, which I uh, helped men to get to through my program that I am launching. Uh, matter of fact, I'm doing another webinar. Um, I wanted to do it this Thursday, so I'll be pushing that out. Um, and I, I guess I can give you my information yeah. for people yeah, yeah. who might want to check it out. Absolutely. Um, it's uh, so, um, A-O-Deuce, E-H-Y-O-D-E-U-C-E on Instagram. And then Deuce Almighty, uh, I think my name might show up on there, but Almighty um, on Facebook. And so I'll be posting that up about the webinar and give you the free link. Um, but I, I had to make a lot of uh, personal changes, philosophical changes. And those changes led to me restoring uh, a pleasant dynamic between me and my child's mother where like I said I wasn't doing the arguing and bickering and it wasn't a lot of back and forth um, and it got more amicable as time went on Um, and so what ended up leading to is having a conversation about you know what the benefits of a third party in my family is just generally speaking Mm -hmm. Um, I don't believe that a third party is needed for a man and a woman to parent or co-parent. So that was, that was my whole, you know, that's my whole perspective. Um, I got through my program. I helped men to understand how to navigate those type of conversations, which I call courageous conversations um, because it does take uh, courage to say, you know, I'm going to be a better provider, protector uh, of, for my children than a court system will. Um mm-hmm. You can look at stats and statistics about um, the absence of a father and what that means for that children or the child's life. My experience has been, you know, dealing with people like that. Um, And you can kind of tell the difference between a student uh, who has had a father in their life and a student who doesn't or a student who has a subpar father in their life, things of that nature. Um, So my experience was very limited because I chose it to be that way. I had no intention of wanting it to be any other way again this is about that you know you talked about what it was the 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 culture shock of being a father it was really i need to step up so i can show myself more valuable than the court system wow Um, and then part of that value is um, the amicable or the agreeableness between me and my child's mother versus the volatility that's in the family court system we know that yeah. these lawyers, their first and foremost obligation is the law. So they want to get paid. There's no, you know, nobody gets paid. It's just like a doctor. Nobody gets paid if everybody's healthy. So if everybody's getting along. <laughs> right. Yeah. And no so these conflict, lawyers, no they paycheck. want you to have drama. Yeah, they want you to have drama. They want you to file restraining orders. They want you to have the back and forth dialogue and the, and the, and the arguing and the, and the, and the, and the uh, terrible text messages and things of that nature. They like that. It's going to keep their uh, Ferraris and Porsches paid for. Yeah. So I said, well, one, I have no desire to do that. I pay enough in taxes. <laughs> 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 and so I, I just really started to be more than what the court system was going to allow. Again, I knew my child's mother, 
her scheduling. She don't have time for this and that's and always going to the store and getting this and that. So I started to fill in the roles that I knew the family court ain't going to do. You can get the money, but you're still going to have to make the time to pick her up from the daycares and, uh, you know, buying her clothes and taking her to the doctors. You can be taking days off of work from that, this and that. So instead of that, I just did it. And in a very short amount of time, I, you know, I can't I can't pinpoint exactly how long it took because, you know, there was no way to say, well, yeah, this first day I started texting her this. and that. But in a certain amount of time, um, I was able to have that conversation with her. She agreed and things, you know, she went to court, closed that whole, closed the whole case uh, uh, up. And now we work fine. You know, it's not a, it's not a lot of drama. I help men on this, you know, talk about like holidays, upcoming holidays, who gets to have the children who don't. And then what to do, man, you know, a lot of guys don't, don't get in your feelings. Don't, you know, got to get out of your emotions about these yeah. things. Um, because sometimes or a lot of times these women use your emotional bond with your children to your detriment. Yes. So you sometimes have to say, hey, you know what? I had, you know, I had Sally last uh, Thanksgiving or whatever. Then you can have her this year. You know, if you guys are going out of town. All right. You know, just let me know when you get back, whatever. Um, but that's how you keep agreeableness between you two. Um, I also help men to understand and operate with the co-parent who might have another relationship and that whole dynamic so there's a lot of things that go into the freedom fatherhood program um that are really beneficial to men in the situation co-parenting like i am in and their kids might be older we talk about the, the the you know how the relationship ended and the emotions attached to it and how to get past those emotions because a lot of guys you know it's like well I, I, i'm married with her for 10 years and i bought her that house and blah 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 great and and i mean i'm not i'm not i don't want to minimize that but the reality is that's in the past you can't go back to that yeah unless she willingly wants to and if you all are having drama and arguing she's not willingly doing it yeah. <laughs> so now what you need to do is just focus on what's at the present moment and how to make your future a lot more better than what your past was. And I think that's when, that's when the, the big breakthroughs in my program happen, when guys start to focus on what they want for the future versus what they had in the past. Very cool. So tell me again how people can find you. Certainly. Um, Deuce Almighty, um, A-L-M-I-G, T H O H T A L M I G H T E E. Oh yeah. On Facebook, somebody had E E. They wouldn't let me put E Y, so I now just E E. Yeah. So Deuce Almighty on Facebook. Yeah. You can follow me. My page is open, so you could just send me a friend request. Okay. And on Instagram, I am E H Y O D E U C E. That's just uh, A-O Deuce on Instagram. So I'll be posting out on those uh, platforms. Um, you know, I'm an introvert, so I'm not big on all these platforms, but it's taken me. I have to, I want to get this message out, man, because I don't see people out there in the in the in the manospheres and in the, the YouTubes and stuff who talk about how to sustain positive, harmonic co-parenting. Uh, relationships once the relationship between the father and the mother are, are over yeah. so I, I just want to be a voice that helps men 
Um, and not just with that, but we also talk about that leadership thing and, and getting out here and doing something a little bit more than what you may have thought you could do. Um, but that just comes from what I've been working with the students, man, because I've had a lot of students overachieve to the point where my, you know, the, the higher ups were thinking I was giving people grades. I'm like, I don't give them no grades. They just know I've just been teaching them well. So they know how to do that type of research. They can go up there and talk and present and do this and that. I had help students start businesses that have become successful um, and just really just taking control of their life, man, because a lot of time and I have been in a situation uh, very depressed. I've suffered with depression probably over 10 years of my life. So I, I understand how difficult it is to get out of that. But again, once I started to repurpose my mindset and reframe my mind, um, depression still hits, but it's not as frequent and it's definitely not as traumatic um, where it hinders me and stops me. There used to be times where I had to take like a couple of days off of work just to be at home because I was so depressed. Mm. But those things are of the past now um, as I continue to move forward and, and, and work on myself and keeping my mindset the right way. So I'm not getting caught up with emotions and tirades and things of that nature so for those guys i know how it feels man I, I, this, the s word ran through my mind plenty of times mm. but if you're still here and you can still listen to this man please hang on um you know how let me reach out to me man uh because we we hit i'm here to help you um and i want to help you because strong men equal strong societies and strong societies are what we need right now amen I love your message, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for doing this for me. And I'm going to put Tracy, all your links I, uh, in, the, in the show notes. Certainly. I appreciate you for um, reaching out to me and, and allowing me to have this time to talk um, and share for those who are listening on your uh, platform. All right. And we'll talk again. Okay. Okay. Deuce's webinar is happening this week. That's Thursday, November the 5th. You can register for free via the link you'll find in the show notes. And before I leave you this week, a quick heads up about something exciting that's happening next week in my dad's only Facebook group, One for the Dads. I'm holding a three-day mini training event called Stick to Your Guns. Facebook Live Parenting Bootcamp for Divorced Dads and Other Good Guys. I'll be live on video into the group each day with about 40 minutes of content specifically tailored for dads trying to parent in the post-divorce family dynamic. If you have trouble figuring out how to hold your ground, stick to your guns, lay down the law, or otherwise make good boundaries for your kids because you can't stand feeling like a heel, Join me to learn some tiny moves that will change everything for you. You'll learn how to train your kids to follow your lead with what I call the easy yes maneuver. How to pick your battles so you know exactly where the boundaries need to be. When to be flexible and what that's supposed to look like. And how to ride out a temper tantrum like a pro. And more. You can sign up for this free training at bit.ly slash dad power that's bit.ly slash dad power and you'll get an email reminder for each of the three sessions and the notes to go along with it in a kind of workbook 
Don't miss out on this three-day training if there's room for you to learn a new trick or two about being a good guy that kids really listen to. I'll put the link in the show notes for that too. I'm Tracy Poisner. Thanks for listening. You can always reach me at info at essentialstepmom.com. See you next week.